Welcome to the Mind Vine Podcast, where we challenge the stigma associated with mental illness through conversations about a variety of issues impacting mental health. Here we bring you news, views, and interviews that intrigue, educate, and celebrate recovery. Leading us on this journey are the hosts of the Mind Vine Podcast, Daryl Mathers and Chris Bovey. Well, I'm going to start uh, by introducing our special guest today. So I'm Daryl Mathers. I'm with my co-host Chris Bovey of the Mindvine Podcast, and uh, I think it's kind of a special edition of our podcast today because we have uh, Chelsea and Dr. Nadia Duso with us, and Chelsea's kind of somebody that you would recognize around Ontario Shores. <laughs> we were just talking this morning with somebody, and they're like, yeah, I've seen your picture around all over the place, and I know in communications and public affairs where Chris and I work, Chelsea's a rock star. She's done a lot of work for us. <laughs> she's... Uh, She's appeared on Global and CBC. You've done uh, stuff with our local media as well. Uh, you've spoken at events here. You've done a lot of work, and, and I know you two have a special relationship <laughs> as well. So we'll get into a little bit of that. Um, maybe Chris can start. Well, tell, tell, tell them about your mom. What does your mom do? This is <laughs> My mom walks around with the annual report in her purse and like, <laughs> flashes it to everyone she meets. Uh, so maybe a, a good place to start is, is your story. Um, Maybe you can, we can talk a little bit about your experience with, with uh, mental illness and how you eventually came here and, and uh, kind of the road that, that led you here. Okay, so um, my, ro- my journey kind of started in elementary school. I started getting bullied because of the color of my skin and I was at a predominantly white school. So a lot of people had an issue with it because it was a little bit after 9-11. So there was that whole like racism bit with that. So as I got older, the bullying kind of followed me to high school, where that's when my mental health started to really decline. Um, Grade nine, I was hospitalized for the first time, um, like right before exams. And then it just kind of started like a chain where I'd be out for two weeks and then in again, and then out for two weeks and then in again. So I spent most of my grade 10 year in hospital. I couldn't leave my house because my anxiety was so bad and I was scared that I would get bullied and then my anxiety came with voices and hallucinations uh, that they were terrifying and uh, I still don't know how I got got through that because looking back at it now it was like and it was like a living nightmare um, yeah so um, one of my last Lakeridge emissions uh, someone mentioned Ontario Shores and I like cringed up inside because I thought it was like a place with like bars on the window and like where they strap you to a chair and like you can't move. <laughs> so then uh, I finally, my mom finally convinced me to admit myself, to get admitted. And that kind of started my cycle of recovery. And that's when you met Dr. Duso. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into that, uh, just your story in school. Um, one of the things we've talked about before, you mentioned bullying, and I know that you were subjected to physical bullying, but also like social media bullying. Yeah. And I know like for people of, of my vintage and who are familiar with social media, but maybe not necessarily the perils of it for young people growing up like, like you were, can you talk a bit about what that social media experience was like when you're being bullied in so high school? So for me, um, social media, like cyberbullying was kind of unheard of because social media was just at its peak, like starting to peak. So they were like, why don't you just block it? And no one understood how much social media could hurt. Um, it started with Facebook group. Someone started a I Hate Chelsea Lal page, 
and like they, my classmates would just like beg on me and post pictures of me and stuff like that. Um, and then it escalated to a website called Ask FM, and it's basically like an anonymous like website where you can ask people questions. And I was I started going on it because of a school project, and then I started getting hate like questions like telling me to kill myself and stuff like that. And it was really because I was already in a bad place, so it kind of like made it ten times worse. Uh, and then, like, people would take pictures of me and, like, make memes out of me. And, like, because, like, I'd break down crying easily because of my anxiety. So, like, it became a game to them. And, like, they'd keep count of it and, like, put it online, which was... And there was no repercussions because no one knew the extent of what cyberbullying could do. And it was not till recently that they cracked down on cyberbullying, but it was really detrimental to my mental health. I was just going to mention earlier when you talked about what you thought Ontario Shores was and the fear. <laughs> it's funny because we, you know, I talked to kids too. Is is your first introduction to your acute care hospital? You're born there. Um, you kind of have, have an idea of what your local hospital is. But for kids growing up, a lot of what their first introduction is to a mental health hospital are video games, horror movies. Yeah. So they don't have the context at a young age, which is unfortunate, and that led to you to fear to actually coming here in the beginning? Unfortunately, I decided it would be a good idea to watch Girl Interrupted before I came. So I was kind of yeah. scared about what the, some of the stuff I saw, and like it didn't really help that yeah. I'd watch that. Right. So. Dr. Juso, is that a common theme that you see with the young people coming into to care at Ontario Shores? Yes, absolutely. I think typically in our admission times when we start with the initial admission, there's a lot of questions about what are the expectations, what is my day going to look like. There's a sigh of relief when they walk onto the unit and see that it's actually pretty nice and staff are really friendly and there's no chair that you're strapped to. Um, you know, being facetious, but not by much, because again, like mental health has a huge stigma in the media as well, and how people recover from mental health has a different type of stigma or different types of associations. So yeah, very much so, very much so. Um, so, so you're here, you get here, you're in a dark place up until, you know, coming to Ontario Shores. You meet staff like Dr. Do so on the unit. Can you tell us a little bit about your recovery journey? And, and I know you two have a, like a special relationship as well. Can you talk about the impact that people on that unit had in your life? So Nadia and Dr. Kriegel are literally the reason why I recovered because they would drag me out of bed to go to like group and like meet with them. Uh, literally, I'd, literally. Like I'd fake sleeping because I didn't want to go to group. Um, the nurses are really supportive. Like, I remember one nurse in particular would, like, print off quotes from books because, like, I was, like, I love books, and they'd slip them under the door when I was sleeping, so that's the first thing I'd wake up to. And it really helped me, like, when I went back to school because I went back to school while in Ontario Shores. Like, every day I'd wake up and there'd be, like, a new quote, and it was awesome. So, but uh, it, was, it was really hard the first couple of months because I've, I didn't want to accept that I needed help. Uh, I didn't want to accept the diagnosis that I had because I had kind of internalized everything and thought it was my fault because of the bullying. And I know that it went around my school that I was in here and that didn't help either. Um, and I, f I feel like it took a long time for me to realize that I was sick and that I needed help. And I feel like it took a lot of guidance from Nadia and the nurses and uh, Dr. Kriegel to tell me that it's okay to be, it's okay to have a mental illness and it's not gonna like mm. ruin your life if you 
Um, just getting, getting back to the two of you, you all, you have a nickname for Dr. Drew. So. <laughs> I call her Mama Bear <laughs> because she was uh, really aggressive with trying to get me to uh, recover. So she was like my Mama Bear on the unit. I would chase her down the hallway. Literally, like you could hear, I'd hear her like heels clicking on the hall, and I'd like climb into my bed and put the covers over my head and pretend I'm sleeping. But like you can't fake sleeping in front of Nadia. She knows. <laughs> she will find you. So I kind of stopped running because I knew I'd be found. So. Can I borrow you for my kids? At home? <laughs> I also thought I think with 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 Chelsea specifically, I think there's you know I just saw the amount of pain that she was in and how much she was suffering, and I think her story and you know being there from the day she entered the unit. Um, it just really motivated me to try to push as much as I could, right? Well, and Chelsea has, like, from our perspective, Chelsea's journey has been remarkable. Um, and I can only imagine what it's like for you, having seen her come to the unit for that, on that first day, kind of in a dark place, to seeing her today, what that experience might be like for you. You know, it's interesting, as I was coming up the steps, I was preparing myself a little bit, like, I was just so excited to see Chelsea, and then I didn't even recognize her sitting here for a moment. I'm like, is that her? Could that be her? And every time I see her, I have that impression. She just looks different. Everything about her is different. And when I saw her through her admission, especially the first day I saw yeah. her. Um, so yeah, it's a remarkable journey that I'm so happy she allowed me to be a part of. I remember that they, um, on my last day at the unit, they showed me a picture of when I started and you could see how depressed I was, like how sick I was. You could see it in my eyes, you could see it in my facial expression. And like, I started tearing up because the difference that like five months can make is insane. And it just really moved me to continue to recover because I knew like I had them to support me. So. And how's it been, you've shared your story, we put it out there. What kind of feedback are you getting from peers or other people in the community since you've shared your story? It's actually interesting because um, I didn't, like, I got discharged, and I got discharged with you guys, so, like, it's always been a part of my recovery, like, sharing my story, and it's helped, like, motivate me on, like, my, my bad days, because evidently you do have bad days, but you just got to remember to cope. Um, it, <laughs> looking at, like, my news stories and stuff like that, my friends actually, like, will play it, like, in class. Like, I'll be sitting at the back of the class, and I hear my voice, and I'm like, oh, God, guys, please stop <laughs> Or, like, the first day of the semester, they showed my teacher, and they put it on the smart board, and I'm, like, sinking back in my chair because I, because I was like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, because I was scared of what the reaction would be. But my entire school has been really supportive. Like, when we did the interview at my school, I had people coming up, up to me saying how strong I was and saying, like, how their stories like, mimic mine. And it was just really inspiring and really motivating. I know you've changed schools uh, when, from the first time that you talked about your struggles and yeah. being bullied. But in that short period of time, I mean, I think the, both schools would have similar challenges in terms of mental health awareness and stigma and yeah. probably bullying. There'd be elements of that at both schools for sure. Have you seen, can you describe the difference you've seen in, the, in how you've been received from people, by your peers, by staff, since you've been sharing your story? At my old school, it was with people I grew up with. So they were used to seeing me cry, and they were used to making me cry, and they were used to seeing me as like a weak person. So kind of going to a new school gave me that like fresh start. I could be like Chelsea without the mental illness. I could mm -hmm. be Chelsea, like I could find myself essentially, and not have like that stigma attached as the girl that would break down easily. 
like I started I like formed a new kind of like personality and I found myself without my mental illness which was I think essential and I know that my school has been ridiculously supportive uh, they make sure like I feel like the difference in the years what how we like look at mental illness has definitely changed like within the span of four years I can see like a big difference like there's they're more willing to talk about it and they don't brush it underneath the rug and it's not like something that you hide anymore well something that's you can't hide yeah. <laughs> anymore right now is is the Netflix series 13 reasons why and it's uh, an adaption from a book that I think it has been around for about 10 years actually and uh, I think I read the other day it's published in, in 34 countries very popular um, uh, novel and it's very controversial uh, for many reasons. One, it focuses on a young girl's suicide. And to give anybody who hasn't seen it uh, kind of a synopsis of it, uh, after her death, she leaves uh, 13 tapes for people she feels played a role in her, uh, her decision to end her life. And the way the, 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 the topic of suicide and bullying, which the character uh, goes through extensively throughout the series, is a real topic of conversation. I, we were talking earlier, you see people with uh, you know, very strong mental health backgrounds, whether they're in the media or in advocacy, have very different opinions about where they kind of stand on this series. And you have watched it, you read the book, you said a couple times, and you've watched the series. Um, and give us your thoughts on, on what it's been like for you. So I read the book at like the beginning of my mental health journey in grade nine for an ISU, and I fell in love with it. <laughs> And I think it was because I related partially to it, but as I kind of recovered, I started having a love-hate relationship with it, especially when it came to the Netflix series. The Netflix series, um, I feel it did a good job capturing like bullying, but it didn't capture the mental health piece of it. And I felt like a lot of the things that were in that TV show should not have been in the TV show. Like um, the character Sky. She says, um, I cut myself so I don't kill myself. I feel like that's kind of teaching people who are depressed to self-harm because I know I started self-harming because of the media, because I saw it on Tumblr. So I feel like that's kind of like a toxic mentality to give, especially on a Hollywood TV show. And then I, I have an issue with the part where they show her suicide, where they zoom in on her slitting her wrist. That was... I have been recovered for two years. I have not had a hitch, and that made me go into a bad place for like a good two days. I feel like no matter how strong you are with your mental health, that there should have been like a trigger warning or something at the beginning of the episode. There should have been like, hey, if you have mental health or like issues or like this, it was there was no like viewer discretion at all. Mm -hmm. um, in, in the book, she commits suicide using pills. So that was just another like Hollywood adaptation. Like I feel like I'd be fine with it if they zoomed in on her face, but not actually showed it. Yeah, I, I, I think it was very traumatic to watch that yeah. scene. It's a, it's a hard watch for me as an adult, and it, it stays with you. Um, and I believe, I could be wrong, but in the book they don't actually depict, do they, they she has, this they, I guess they wanted to show, they said, we need a death scene in this, we need to show it, and, and their defense was, we need to show it in its honesty and brutality, which I disagree with, but yeah. my, my biggest challenge with the, with the, the Netflix series is, is in Suicide, her voice for young people lives on. Yeah. Like her story, 
she seems to be able to, you know, from your uh, the way you're looking at it, kind of get revenge. Yeah, she's getting revenge, and 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 she you can see her getting revenge through these tapes, but it doesn't address the finality of suicide. And I think it that's what scares me because I think young people don't really understand the the, the mortality and the sense of you it's know, done it, when you do it. It's yeah, done. and and this that was my biggest thing is her voice lives on in this revenge, and that's not how the world works. I feel like they. I feel like they should have addressed certain parts of that differently. I feel like, like in the book, there are many variations that the TV show doesn't have, and I get it, it's Hollywood, but I feel like they should have been used discretion when it came to adding some parts. Yeah, but on the other side, it's an opportunity to have discussions, and maybe Dr. Dusso, you can chime in on that piece, because there's not a lot of, um, TV shows or anything in the media that can ignite converse, positive conversations. Like there might be some negative aspects of the show or controversial pieces that we, you know, you know, we'd rather not see. But in the end, young people and uh, adults alike, we're talking about this show. We're talking about the topic of suicide. We're talking about its gaps, and that I think is a benefit. Mm-hmm. I see both sides. You know, I see the side where it gives awareness to what suicide can be, right? And it gives awareness to how real it can be and how devastating it can be for the people that are not only the adolescents, but the people in the families and the community. Um, the other piece is also, you know, how it's portrayed. It can be, you know, what, hearing what Chelsea said, where it can get her to have a bad day, right? Where there isn't necessarily a, dis- a warning or at least some support or some way of, of chiming into the audience that these are, these are important important graphic scenes that are coming up or these can be triggering moments and if the media is going to present things on suicide or is going to present something on mental health then I think it it has to do it in a way that represents it as well. Yeah I think we can't as much as we want to advocate to filmmakers or authors to do the right thing they're going to do what they want exactly and if it's not 13 reasons why it'll be something else and we need to we need to have these discussions, but, but I still think there's an opportunity, and, and yeah. one of the things I hated about 13 Reasons Why is when she started to disclose... To the counselor. The counselor was yeah. an idiot, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he was. And, and I think, you know, watching that, it was very much, adults won't help you. Yeah, like it, almost it was like the you're fending for yourself. No That's what I worry available. about. That's yeah. what I worry about. It's really, I think, how it plays out, right? So if there, is a, if there is something that comes into awareness, like the effects of bullying or suicide or anything about mental health, then it really needs to represent what it looks like, right. right? Because like even, you know, Chelsea, before you came in, you had ideas of what this place would be like. Yeah. Right, and that came from the media, mm-hmm. right? And if you're watching a scene and there's a psychologist or a counselor or a therapist not validating and dismissing the person, that also sends a powerful message that maybe getting help isn't worth it, mm-hmm. right? And as a, as a kid struggling with an illness that a lot of adults can't cope with, right, plus life pressures, it would be easy for me to think, well, then what's the point? I feel like I have a like the love aspect of it is that it started a conversation. Yes, absolutely. It started like amongst my grade. It started a conversation about the effects of bullying, and I know with my age group, there were like prone. We live on social media, like our entire lives are on display, but we necessarily don't think about what we post, and we don't think about the effects it's had on someone. So, like, I feel like 
the people that bullied me, if they saw that, like, 13 Reasons Why and understood yeah. what it could do to a person, yeah. I feel like that would be um, an amazing part that this show could give. That was the part that really yeah. stuck with yeah, me, yeah, too, is, is the social... I thought of all the things that are portrayed in that series, the social media piece is the most accurate. Yeah. And how quickly things can, can get around a school and a community and how young people, they're growing up under surveillance. Like every little misstep, you know, there could be somebody there with their cell phone camera or somebody there to capture it and spread it around the school. And I thought they did a good job of showing how dangerous kind of the, the era that kids are growing up in is. I feel like they also did a good job capturing the fact that there's only one side on social media. You only get the side of the poster. You don't get the side of the person that's in the photo or the post. You get the perspective of them. Mm-hmm. So, like, when she, the picture got leaked of her on the slide, you, people automatically assumed it was because she was doing sexual acts mm-hmm. while it was actually because she was going down a slide and her skirt came up. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we, it mm-hmm. made us more aware of the fact that there's different perspectives to each story. I think we have to be careful. Like, I know there's a lot of schools like, don't watch this. I think the worst thing you can say to a kid is don't watch something. Yeah, it's going to make them watch right. it more. And, and I think we have to embrace these things. But also, you know, especially knowing the people behind this. Like, it's a, you can say, and I know the producers have said, this, you know, it's for mature audiences only, but when you have Selena Gomez as a producer yeah. who grew up on the Disney Channel, when you have actors that you grew up with goosebumps, these are... Your adolescents are going to watch the show because these are the young people that they watched in the Disney stuff. So yeah. they're going to, even though you can say it's just for mature audience, it's not no. realistic. Especially when it's to. everywhere on the media and everyone's reporting about yeah. it. You want to see what the hype is. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, speaking of hype, I know you have big news that you want to share, <laughs> kind of getting off topic. Um, I'll let you talk about it, but I know we're quite proud of not only the work that you've done in terms of you know, moving forward in life, but in the advocacy work that you're doing, but uh, the next stage in your life, can you tell everybody what you're going to be doing? So um, I got accepted to Trent University, and I start in the fall, and I will be completing a Bachelor of Social Work. <laughs> it's, it's weird for me because I never believed I'd, I'd like recover enough to graduate high school, and I'm about to walk across the stage in June, which is... It's Have you had time to kind of reflect at all about how, like, you talk about the last two years of your life, everything that you've accomplished? Oh, yes. Um, I definitely look back on where I was because May 28th makes my two year out of a hospital. So I look back on where I was before I was admitted, while I was admitted, and after I was admitted, and see, like, I am a totally different person now. I am Chelsea without my mental illness, while my mental illness used to define me. And it used to be like, that you knew Chelsea as a girl with anxiety and depression. Now you know Chelsea as the person with the hobbies, person who's obsessed with comic books, or the person that's going to university next year. Yeah. It's just an amazing, it's, a, it's been an amazing journey. Yeah. And we know Chelsea as the brave person who, who continues to fight for others. And we appreciate it. So thank you both for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We all together.